Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately pumping. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see a full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. For the third game running, the Blues make it hard for themselves. Into the penalty area, danger here. And he goes past Ragged easily, and he puts the ball in the back of the net. And Marcus Brown has got his first goal since returning to the club. Oxford lead inside three minutes. But also for the third game running, Pompey claw their way back to pick up some crucial points. Carter picks it up for Portsmouth, cries of shoot, and he will hit it. And he'll score an absolutely magnificent goal. What a way to score your first goal for Portsmouth. The full-time whistle has gone and Portsmouth have beaten Oxford by three goals to two. This evening we'll be discussing the key talking points from Tuesday's win over Oxford as well as hearing the thoughts of head coach Danny Cowley. We're in a good moment. We've worked hard to get to this place and now it's up to us to keep finding a relentless consistency. We'll also find out about an exciting course being put on by Pompey in the community next week. It's all about cooking and catering and that industry. So there's all sorts of opportunities every day to learn some new skills. As well as squeezing in a preview of tomorrow's match at home to Accrington Stanley. Accrington Stanley? Who are they? Exactly. That's all to come here on The Football Hour. This is The Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, your home of football in the waterfront city of Portsmouth. Twice a week, every week here on the Football Hour over the white line every Wednesday night, of course, with Henry Deacon and Pompey Live bringing you every match day uh, from Portsmouth Football Club home and away, every single competition we've got you covered. This season, the Football Hour is brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South and you can head to their website, stagecoachbus.com for more information on fares, timetables and route updates as well. So on tonight's show, we've got so much to trawl through, including a review of Tuesday's 3-2 win over Oxford United at Fratton Park. We'll be discussing an update regarding the South Stand redevelopment plans. We'll be talking to Claire Martin from Pompey and the community regarding a course that they are putting on next week. And we'll also be putting in a preview of this weekend's match at home to Accrington Stanley. And as ever, Pompey fans, we want you back home to get in touch with the conversation this evening. 81400 is the number to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email in to pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or find us over at facebook.com forward slash pompey live. Well, we start this evening's show like we always do here on the Footblower. We're going to remind ourselves of exactly how Pompey made it five games unbeaten on Tuesday night. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. It's chilly, it's wet, but it's a pretty tasty match we are set for in front of us with Portsmouth and Oxford locking horns again less than a month after a game at the Kassam Stadium and we're ready to get this one underway with a whistle blown by Sam Allison. Holland has sprung Brown into the penalty area danger here and he goes past Ragged easily and he puts the ball in the back of the net and Marcus Brown has got his first goal since returning to the club Oxford lead inside three minutes and it was oh so easy and for the second game running Portsmouth find themselves behind early on at Fratton Park 
Portsmouth nil, Oxford 1. Hugh Ogilvy from the dead ball line trying to get it in. Good ball to the far post. Headed down by Romeo. Loose in the box and it's taken away from Raggett as Portsmouth win it and have got space down the right-hand side. Can O'Brien find the cross here? O'Brien cuts in field into the area. Great from O'Brien. Still going, O'Brien. Lays it off into the middle and Oxford are going to scramble it clear and a really promising Pompey attack leads to nothing. Hugh now cuts past one challenge going across the edge of the penalty area then rolls it across to the right to Morel. Can Morel get the delivery right? Stood up to the far post. Raggett's header is into the net. Sean Raggett, a perfect glancing header into the top corner. Pompey's pressure does pay. Morel to the header. Raggett, quarter one, Oxford one. His clearance is blocked and Hurt's got a chance and he's splashed it wide of the target. As Portsmouth win it and Hardis breaking forward. He's got Hurst ahead of him. He's made a good run. Hardis now finds Hurst. Hurst stayed on side. George Hurst scores. Cleared half away, and Carter picks it up for Portsmouth, cries of shoot, and he will hit it, and he'll score! An absolutely magnificent goal! Where on earth did that come from? What a way to score your first goal for Portsmouth! Hayden Carter has just slammed it into the top corner. It's Portsmouth 3, Oxford 1. Now hardest to deliver, whipped into the far post, first running at the end of it! Just over his head into Stevens' hand. Good play from Ogilvy driving forward. Now can O'Brien get the crossing from the left corner flag? It's into a lovely area. Oh, how's Hurst not scored? Somehow Stevens has saved it. Hurst should have a second. Pompey should have a fourth. But the Oxford goalkeeper has kept them in the game. Still 3-1. Oh, it's the box. Great chance for Oxford. They pulled one back. That is the, the danger. It's McInally who's forward. And it was pulled back from the dead ball line and he just swept it home under Gavin Bazunu. Raggett's down, hurt in the penalty area. And there's work for Pompey to do to see this game out. Portsmouth 3, Oxford 2. It's picked up by Oxford deep inside their own half through Herbie Kane. The white shirts are sending everyone forward. One last ball in the box. It's too late. And Bradigan takes a swipe at the ball. But the full-time whistle has gone. And Portsmouth have beaten Oxford by three goals to two. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars. So those there were the highlights from Tuesday night as Pompey picked up a crucial, crucial win at home to Oxford United, exacting revenge upon views after that 3-2 defeat at the Kassam Stadium just last month. Only a few games on Tuesday night in League One. Sheffield Wednesday, they dispatched Burton Albion by five goals to do at Hillsborough. Shrewsbury and Rotherham locked horns in a nil-nil draw. Wigan Athletic were 2-0 victors over Fleetwood Town. And finally, Wickham, they beat Cambridge United by three goals to nil, as well as, of course, Pompey's 3-2 victory over Oxford United at Fratton Park. Taking a look at the League One table then, Pompey fans, Rotherham remain top with Wigan into second. MK Dons, Oxford, Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland occupy the playoff positions. Pompey are now 10th up from 11th place, so they move up a place. Uh, Leapfrog Bolton Wanderers now on 51 points are the Blues just eight away from the playoffs with dare I say it two games in hand on Sunderland in sixth down in the relegation zone crew are rock bottom with 25 points Doncaster 23rd and Gillingham and Morgan make up the relegation zone AFC Wimbledon are just outside and two points above the drop Okay, then, let's uh, welcome on my two guests for this evening's show. They're no messing about. First of all, very good evening uh, to Mr. Alex Fletcher. Alex, great to have you on the show, my friend. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me on again. A great win for for Pompey on Tuesday night. That goes without saying, Alex. What were you most impressed with? I think just the attitude and the acumen of the players, to be honest with you, because we've seen it in recent weeks where Danny Cowley's perhaps changed the system a little bit against Fleetwood where it didn't work and we found ourselves 3-0 down really early. What the players did is that they looked at the team and I thought this is the strongest team when it came out at the sort of an hour before kickoff and and they really seemed to sort of buy into whatever the philosophy of the Cowleys was going into that game. It wasn't necessarily the prettiest performance, but every single player pulled their weight and they showed quality and particularly when we were under the cost towards the end of the game, they really, really pulled through and it was a really sort of dogged determined performance to sort of show that you know we're not 
we're not out of this yet, you know. No, absolutely. And uh, also joining us this evening, delighted to welcome on uh, once again, making his second appearance of the season, uh, is Sam Cox from the Portsmouth News. Sam, uh, thank you ever so much for calling in tonight, mate. Thank you for having me on, mate. Pleasure. Great to have you on. Uh, we're thinking of doing this as a, a sort of a monthly thing, Sam, talking to you guys from, from the Portsmouth News to get your expertise and where Pompey are uh, at, at that present moment in time. Of course, the last time we spoke to you was at the start of February, at a time where Pompey started the new year not too well, and I think that would be putting a little bit of sugar over the top of it. But, you know, since then, five games unbeaten, some crucial points away from home, three uh, home matches in a row, which ends tomorrow. Now, just eight points behind the playoffs two games in hand look everything has turned on its head now and Pompey find themselves in a position where you know anything is possible from this point forward yeah definitely I remember last time I was on we we mapped out the the five games to follow and said if they harboured any true ambitions of of making it into the playoffs and they they had to pick up 13 between 13 and 15 points that was the the remit because of how badly the start to, to 2020 two was and and they've done that and you know full credit to to the players and and, and Danny Cowley for sort of turning the situation on its head and uh, we spoke after the Charlton game going into the Oxford game uh, away from home and and that did although it was a defeat on that day it did feel like a turning point in it and it proved to be obviously victories in the next three against Burton Don, uh, Doncaster and Shrewsbury of course the, the three will draw with Fleetwood of course the, the point at home to Fleetwood Maybe not the best result, but the way in which they they came back from three 0 down showed great character, and they and they did it again against Oxford, a team flying high at the moment, sitting fourth in the league when they came to Fratton Park, and and they led early. And one thing they did against Fleetwood, which they didn't do against Oxford, was they crumbled after going a goal down. This time they they grabbed the incentive, and they they were miles the better team in the first half and, and the majority of the second. So to go in two one up was not no less than they deserved, but it also showed that they, they had a bit more steel and a bit more character to them and, and they were, were dogged and determined to, to put the wrongs right from Fleetwood yeah. and also get a, a bit of vindication from the, the defeat to Oxford not too long before it. Mm. Uh, and Alex, since that 3-2 defeat at Oxford on the 5th of February, uh, five league matches, uh, possible 15 points, 13 were achieved. Sam mentions there the three will draw uh, with Fleetwood Town. We'll come on to that one and, and, and kind of comparing it to the Oxford game. If I'd have told you before those two matches, Pompey would pick up four points. Now, you'd tell me you'd probably expect the points to come up against Oxford and the win against Fleetwood. But Pompey done it really the hard way uh, and the other way around. Nonetheless, you take it. Yeah, it's very much the Pompey way to do that, isn't it, really? To sort of uh, go and make it hard for ourselves, particularly, you know, sort of then having sort of three wins in a row going into the Fleetwood game, then not quite going to get in the job done, getting the three points. To then go in against Oxford again, it, what I said earlier, it shows real good sort of attitude from the players that they know they can bounce back, they know that they're better than that, they know that they can perform better than, than how they did against Fleetwood. I think you'd certainly take it. The problem is we find ourselves now in a position where... I believe we have to win as many games, almost every single game we have to go in and say it's a must win if we harbour any ambitions of being able to still get into that top six. So that's where drop points do become frustrating. But as I say, we're still giving ourselves a fighting chance and um, hopefully there's at least an exciting end to the season. And what I don't want to hear at all, Sam, is the the age-old not, not excuse me, the age old saying of, oh, if only we'd beat Fleetwood, then we'd have two extra points to, to go with that win over Oxford. Yeah, it was frustrating, but we only picked up a point against Fleetwood. But... It, if you look at it as well, we, we made up for that on Tuesday night. And you could argue that if we had beaten Fleetwood comfortably, maybe Tuesday, Tuesday night's result against Oxford doesn't happen. Maybe the team doesn't have the same sort of fight and the desire and the willpower to get the three points on that night. So you could argue that, yeah, six points out of those two games would have been desirable. But, you know, it's sort of a butterfly effect. You don't have certain results without certain results leading up to it, if you want. No, exactly. And they went into the Oxford game at home looking to put the wrongs right from from Fleetwood and as you say if they had comfortably swept Fleetwood aside then then perhaps the not the mentality but maybe they would have viewed that game with with a, a little bit less of a point to prove as we said earlier you know we, we mapped out those games and, and uh, the points return that they've got from them is is fantastic you're gonna you're gonna drop points along the way you know um, I, I tend to agree with uh, what we said earlier, um, every game now almost feels like a cup final and, and if they drop points, there will be a little bit of dissatisfaction with that just because of the position they're in. But they, as you said, we've given them a, a fighting chance to get in there. 
and and they'll look at the Accrington game as a as a real positive to go and, and get signed just based on, on on the way in which they beat Oxford and Accrington's away record isn't isn't the greatest so it's, a, it's another great opportunity followed by a crew side scrapping for their lives on Tuesday so you can only really beat who's in front of you that's another old cliche that we're, that we're trying to avoid but that it rings true. You have to put the the Fleetwood result behind you, and and they went straight onto Oxford and and thoroughly deserved the the, the result. I think three two actually flattered Oxford on the day. I think Pompey were 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 excellent and and thoroughly deserved their three points. So say so Accrington tomorrow, followed by Crew on Tuesday. There is now opportunity again to to gain between four points and and keep on looking up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gav Jones on the email says it's lovely to see Pompey start turning results around from losing positions, something we're really not used to. The starting lineup was probably the exact lineup we've been asking for a long time. Safe, uh, take care, gents, and safe journey home. That was sent in on Saturday afternoon. We didn't quite have enough time to read that on Tuesday night. Sorry, Gav Jones, thank you for your email. Looking at the last couple of results we mentioned within the intro, uh, Alex, but the last three games, Pompey have had a lot of hard work to do and really putting themselves in those positions to actually have to come back uh, and claw some points back from losing positions. Of course, you go back to the Shrewsbury game um, last Tuesday evening where we went a goal down. Shrewsbury had a man sent off. We won the game by two goals to one. Louis Thompson with a superb strike in the 84th minute. Fleetwood, of course, last Saturday, 3-0 down after 40-odd minutes, coming back to claw back a 3-0 draw and get a point out of that. And then on, on Tuesday night, just gone uh, going 1-0 down to a very good Oxford team and to win the game by three goals to do. Something like Gav said in the email, Alex, we've not really seen Pompey too much of this season, which has come back from these losing positions. And Danny Cowley will tell you that it's the, ad- the adversity and the strength of this team, which is continuing to improve, which is why we're seeing these kind of results and performances. Yeah, I think there's actually been, from my perspective, I think it's been a real welcome change in the way that we've approached games recently. You know, obviously we had earlier in the season, we'd go into games and we could sort of nick it 1-0 or if we score a goal early and then we go on and win it 2-0 or whatever. But, you know, what... I was always worried about is that we'd have games where we just really struggled to score goals and you'd always think we well, can see one and then we've got no chance within the game because we don't score that many goals you can see one team backs off you're not going to have a chance of being able to get anything out of the game what we've shown in these last three games is real character and spirit and that that instills belief within the players as well that they have the ability to do it the fact that you know in the last few home games as well you go back to the 4-0 against Doncaster then 3 against Fleet with 3 against Oxford alright we've conceded a few goals but I'd much rather be going for games and showing that we can come back from those losing positions or you know sort of positions where a draw or whatever it may be and and produce results and I think that's really really positive and that's I'm always a big fan of let's attack first I know it's, it's a fan's perspective to say attack first before you defend obviously managers may feel differently but generally I think it's been a really really positive change and it it's just a more positive way of going forward about things if you really really want to try and breed success at a club we have to go for it now and we are and I like that yeah Okay, then it is time for a very quick break now. And when we do return, we'll hear from Claire Martin from Pompey in the community, as well as Blues head coach Danny Cowley, who, rather than dwelling on the fact that his side are light in numbers, is looking to use it as a weapon heading into the dying embers of the season. When you are small in number, you, you become that much closer and you can use the small group as an excuse or you can see the small group as a real advantage. And the advantage is that the players know that they're all going to contribute. They know how valued they are within this club and um, that in itself is important. Don't go anywhere and join us again for the next part of the Football Hour here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to part two of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour on Express FM sponsored this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app now from both the Apple app and Google Play Store. Tonight I'm joined alongside Alex Fletcher here in the studio with me and calling in from back home from the Portsmouth News, Sam Cox, on to offer his expertise and deliver his verdict of the past few weeks of Pompey action as well as to preview tomorrow's game at home to Accrington Stanley. Uh, before the break, we were talking about you know the way that Pompey have come back in recent matches to, to secure victories, to get some points out of positions of which uh, they were losing from. But now we're going to look ahead a little bit and look at the upcoming games that the Blues have got. And Sam, looking at the fixture list for the month of March that is remaining, of course, we had the game on Tuesday night, uh, a 3 2 win over Oxford. But we've got Accrington at home tomorrow afternoon. Cruel Way is the start of three 
back-to-back away fixtures in the space of just seven days for Danny Cowley's side, followed by Ipswich away next Saturday and Plymouth away the following Tuesday. And then we've got Wickham at home and Bolton Wanderers away, which is subject to international call-ups for that game at the University of Bolton Stadium. Sam, certainly some points to be picked up in the month of March. You probably look in no disrespect to the sides, but Atkinson, Stanley, Crew Alexandra's potential wins. But then you've got really tough fixtures at Ipswich, Plymouth and at home to Wickham. Yeah, exactly. And the the momentum they've built throughout February, they'll no doubt be looking to to continue that against Atkinson and Crew to, to give themselves the best chance against those those sides that that are competing, you know, in the top end of the league, and and it, that's that's the crucial. And I think by the end of this month, we'll we'll really get an idea. Well, we'll know for sure whether if Pompey will be in the, the reckoning to sneak into the top six or not. This is a crucial month for them if they're they're harboring those ambitions. But at the moment, seeing the performance against Oxford, who who when I, when I mentioned earlier were fourth when they travelled to Fratton Park and they swept them aside, they've got it in them. The, the only worry for me, really, as you say, three away games, midweek games, there's a lot of games this month. That, you know, there's there's one, two, three, four, five. There's one, two, three, four, five, six games in one month. Will be the seventh after after Tuesday night. It's going to stretch the squad at the moment. We've we've got 13 outfield players that, that Danny Cowley explained to us yesterday yeah. in, his, in his press conference. This is where they're going to be really pushed to pushed to the test and we've seen them rotate he rotated against Fleetwood and it didn't quite go to plan so that's the only worry for me dur- during this month but there's no reason if they were to get four points from from Accrington and, and crew then there's no reason why they, they can't go to Ipswich Plymouth Wickham and Bolton with, with with as much confidence as they have at the moment and, and they know they can mix it with anyone on their day it just depends on on the fitness and the fatigue levels that, that I mentioned earlier that this this squad is really going to be stretched to the limit now Absolutely. And we we also heard uh, from a couple of reports from uh, the news, Sam, that Pompey and, or Danny Cowley, in fact, not looking to look at the free agent market, not necessarily happy with what he's got, but it's not an avenue he wants to explore. And we'll hear from from him in his pre-match interview ahead of tomorrow's game, Sam. But he mentions within that that, you know, the, the adversity and the, you know, the, the setback that his side have got with a squad so, so light in numbers will actually or hopefully you know be used as a benefit to kind of push on and, and like on Tuesday have that fight and passion and, and, and that kind of desire to, to kick on and, and, and win against the odds with such a light squad Yeah the, the free agent market and the, the approach to free agent is an interesting one I remember asking about it midway through the January transfer window and he, he ruled it out um, and then and then following I think it must have been Joan Rowe's suspension he kind of opened his mind to it and thought that it could be an avenue that that he could go down to to sort of boost numbers, but but again the, the 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 approach has changed again. He said to us that it's something that the club aren't in a position to do now, whether that means financially or it's not a policy that they they really want to do until the end of the season. It remains to be seen. He didn't go into too much depth about that, but what it does do, like you say, it it really enriches those players that they've got a real responsibility now. And we've seen it from Pompey size in the past. When in the face of adversity, they usually do a little bit better. And, and they're probably comfortable in the position they're in now as outsiders going into the playoff race. They probably feel as though that, that they play with no pressure. You know, the expectation level isn't for them to, to secure that spot before the end of the season. It's uh, one of hope that maybe they can sneak in. And, and I think they prefer to be underdogs, especially with the with the uh, small numbers that they have. And what will happen in the next few weeks, I know he said Michael Jacobs could be close to coming back. We might see him against Dragonton. You'll get these players back and then it sort of gives a whole whole place another lift. So with the small numbers, that they'll have the 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 responsibility to to carry on and, and do the job for the club. And then they'll be boosted by numbers. But as I say, with the, the free agent market is a strange one. I think he opened his mind to it. And then he, he, he realised that the club couldn't operate in it. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit um, baffling that, especially there were options out there in the free agent market that they, they could have gone for, but obviously they chose not to. And it's now down to the players to, to prove that's the right decision. Let's go over the goals from Tuesday night then, Alex. Of course, uh, Oxford going uh, 1-0 up after just three minutes. Marcus Brown has had it to him. It was a great solo goal. He could 
perhaps question the defensive capabilities of Sean Raggett within that goal, Alex, but we, we won't dwell on that too much. We'll focus on the positives. Pompey on the 42nd minute, it looked as though they were going to go into half-time level. Sean Raggett, I thought he let very well to, to reach a really nice chipped ball in from uh, Joe Morrell from the right-hand side. A, a, a nice little delivery and a great header, which sort of looped over the goalkeeper. Certainly had the strength and you know, the power to go over the goalkeeper at that one. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I think, you know, when you see a sort of mistake perhaps early in a game from someone like Sean Raggy, obviously it is disappointing, but you know that he's got the quality to play. He's performed throughout the season to be able to kind of atone for that error. You know, and the, the header was fantastic. And so we were just crying out as fans for the, the balls we put in the box because we've got the centre half was still up from a set piece. There were, you know, we've got a tall strike force in there. We thought just get it in the box. Let's see what we can do. Get it in the mix. And in the end, the ball was looped in by Morel brilliantly. And Raggett, as I say, he rose early and uh, sort of looped over the keeper, which probably caught the keeper off guard. But if you look at that, oh, both O'Brien and Hurst were lurking behind him. So if Raggett went to go for it, there were still two other players there. So it just goes to show that we do have a real area pres- aerial presence. And I think it's a case of just getting it into the box and creating those chances. And that, you know, some people say it might be simplistic football, but if it's a way you can get goals, it doesn't really matter. And that was a really high quality header from Raggett. Uh, just before the break, Alex, I said we, we, we thought we were going to go into the half time break uh, level pegging with Oxford United. But in the first minute of added time, uh, George Hurst made it 2 1 to Pompey and not completed the comeback, but certainly sent Pompey on their way. It was a great run, beat the offside trap just about. I think he timed it perfectly uh, from Marcus Harness, who played a perfectly weighted ball through to him. George Hurst himself, after what's well, been a difficult season um, in terms of goal scoring, he's been a, a decent asset to the team. Some have compared him to the likes of Ollie Hawkins, who perhaps not getting the goals as a striker, but certainly holding the ball up and allowing others into play. But George Hurst, calm, composed, took the touch into the box and fired home a very tidy finish into the far bottom corner and, uh, and put Pompey on their way to 2-1 lead into the half-time break. Alex, the importance of that goal, not only to Pompey at the time to go ahead, for George Hurst and the kind of confidence levels he's going to have reeling off of that now. Yeah, I was I was literally at one all. I was looking at the clock saying, come on, let's get to half-time, let's get in at one all. let's hope that Oxford don't sort of uh, go back into the lead again. But as I say, it was a really good break and a harness who had a, a bit of an indifferent game. It was a really good ball through and um, I had to turn around to my dad who was sitting right next to me, who would be listening here, who said at the beginning of the game, George Hurst is not a natural finisher. And obviously where we were sitting in the north low, we could see the ball perfectly go into the corner. Superb finish from Hurst and he really did have to eat his words on that one. And, and he has really come along as a player this season and I do think he will the goals will come the goals will come for a player like that but while he's already doing a job in the team he's being and as he's bringing the ball down he brings other players into place he's a nuisance up front for, for defenders on the opposition team he's always going to be an asset to the team so somehow the goals don't always matter as long as he's in that side and uh, for George Hurst had to be very patient to, to, to get that goal and hopefully that will kick start him on to, to the rest of the season and like I say he's been a player who's been an, an ever present part of his Pompey side for the last two or three months and yeah, great to see him get that goal to send Pompey on their way into the half time break with a 2-1 to one advantage against Oxford on Tuesday night after the break uh, Sam I want to recognise uh, something but actually our, our, our pun did on Pompey Live on Tuesday night. Jay Sadler, the head coach of the Pompey Women, pointed out that at half-time, or just before half-time, sorry, there was a tactical change, and that was really to put Marcus Harness and Joe Morrell in behind the two strikers rather than Joe Morrell in, into that kind of central midfield role. He, uh, Danny Cowley moved him a little bit further forward, so he had Marcus Harness and Joe Morrell in behind Aidan O'Brien and George Hurst. And from that point forward... Pompey were dominating going forward they were counter-attacking well and it looked like a, a very decent option and, and certainly paid off with that goal just before half-time Yeah, you, you're exactly right we, we've seen Marcus Harness sort of, not necessarily go off the boil but he's had his dip in form after such a great start to the season and we saw him in that 3-5-2 just in behind the strikers when he was doing so well in terms of goals and assists and he quite clearly flourishes in that position but it was relatively surprising to see Joe Morrell do the same going forward I also want to mention how Louis Thompson also you know, he really adds that balance, doesn't he, next to Joe Morrell, but he can also do that defensive work as well. So you didn't have to worry about getting caught out because he was there. But it goes to show that, you know, two of the most creative players, you know, Marcus Harness and Joe Morrell, quite clearly at a high standard as well. Once you get them on the ball, once you get them impacting the game, then it can be really dangerous for, mm. for Pompey. And Aidan O'Brien, although he didn't score, tireless work, right? It just seemed to work. It just seemed to click. And it was so great to see George Hurst not not just score the goal, but 
take the finish as well as he did. You know, we've seen him in other in other positions this season where he's sort of straight to keeper or he's taken just a little bit too much time and he's just opened up and he just took that half a second and slotted it in and it was just brilliant to see that sixth goal of the season. But as you say, the tactical change. And that's the one thing that many fans not, not necessarily have criticised, but they've been calling out for that, that little bit of being able to change it when you're up against it or, or looking to, to tighten the screw. And, and the Cowleys proved that they've still got that tactical now to, to understand when the right time to do it and when time right time's not. And it just goes to show when you get your influential players in Morel and, and Harness on the ball that they can cause all types of problems. And it's good to see Harness back in and amongst the back in amongst the action because before before the COVID-induced break, he was the best player of the season by far. Um, when I spoke to Danny Cowley, I think it must have been last month or, or the month before they came to a mutual decision to to give him two games off to try and kickstart him and, and give him that little bit of freshness. And it seems to be paying off at the moment. So, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see that that when they get on the ball, they're, they're influencing games. As you know, too many times this season we've seen influential players kind of grow in anonymity when the when the games progressed. So it, it was really positive to see that that Pompey can mix it up. And Pompey may be light in numbers in terms of personnel uh, going forward at the moment. Alex, we'll come on to talk about uh, why Rico Hackett was missing from Tuesday night's action in a short while. But Ronan Curtis, of course, serving the first of a two-game suspension after picking up a yellow card, his 10th of the season last Saturday. Michael Jacobs out with an injury. We've got an update on him uh, a little bit later as well. But look, Pompey had to look a little bit elsewhere to find their third goal on Tuesday night. And it came just over 90 seconds after Ryan Williams, the Oxford player, former Blues uh, winger, almost equalised for the visitors with a, uh, a quite a, a quite nice curling shot towards the far post. It was just off target and Pompey with a bit of a let off. 90 seconds later, Hayden Carter picked up the ball from about 25 yards out and it was that perfect kind of, you hear the Fratton Park, they scream, shoot! It goes quiet for a second. And then you just hear the ripple of the net. And Hayden Carter's just unleashed one hell of a strike into the, the top left corner. Um, I, I described it as a postage stamp effort on the same day that Sean Raggett was put onto a postage stamp for his uh, late winner against Burnley in the FA Cup for Lincoln City a couple of seasons <laughs> ago. Um, it really was postage stamp Pompey on Tuesday night. But talking about Hayden Carter, what a superb strike. Who knew he had that in his mm. locker? Yeah, you paint a brilliant picture there, Jake. <laughs> I think I remember the whole Fratton end and, well, almost the entire stadium shouting, shoot, shoot. And I think I must have been one of the only people in the ground saying, don't shoot, don't shoot. And for me, it was a sort of split second saying, don't shoot. And then going absolutely mad and celebrating because somehow this ball's hit the top corner. It was an unbelievable strike. I think he came out at the end of the game and said he'd not even hit one like that in training before. Um, and we, But to be fair, we had seen... Oh, in my opinion, I'd seen sort of just those little glimpses of quality that he had when he came into the team. I think the first game he played was against Wimbledon. And even in that game away from home, in quite a poor poor performance generally for the team, you could see that he had that bit of quality and you could see that he would be able to turn a strike and have real confidence in the defence. Good distribution would be able to get in amongst the play. So clearly he's got a good finishing ability as well. So he's, I think he's been a really, really good acquisition in January. And I think he's someone that will be key going on into the season because obviously with three at the back, you do need just that little bit more coming out from the defence as opposed to just being you know a flat back three and defending the goal so I think he'll be a really really positive asset I mean but yeah what what a goal it was it was unbelievable I couldn't believe it when he hit the net and I think at that point it just sort of I just sort of thought to myself well we're going to have to win this game now you know you can't lose after after a strike like that it's got to be up there with a contender for goal of the season Hayden Carter strike on Tuesday night we talk about light in numbers but Daddy Carley was uh, well not forced into making a change but he did make it a couple of changes after that third goal Dennis Hume coming off for Clark Robertson so it looked as though from that point forward from the 72nd minute uh, Danny Carley was trying to see out the game with uh, Conor Ogilvie in a left back position or a left wing back position and Clark Robertson slotting into the back three uh, and then another Pompey sub just moments later Marcus Harness uh, coming on for Ryan Tunnicliffe uh, no, Marcus Arnold's coming off for Ryan Tunnicliffe. Sorry, I wrote about my notes wrong. Marcus Arnold's coming off for Ryan Tunnicliffe, uh, probably conserving a bit of energy for Marcus Harness. And George Hurst came off, of course, with just five minutes of the game remaining. Great shift from him. Uh, really just needed to get some fresh legs up top to see out the match. We won't really talk too much about Oxford's goal. Uh, 81st minute, Luke McNally, the, the Oxford defender, slotted under Gavin Bazunu after a cutback. And from the right-hand side, it was a decent little goal, but proved just to be not quite enough for Oxford 
delivered in the end and Pompey saw out what was a hard-fought victory on Tuesday night. We'll come on to talk a little bit more about that and some of the stats from the midweek win over Oxford in the next part of the show where we'll also take a look ahead to tomorrow's game at home to Accrington Stanley where Pompey will be seeking to make it six games unbeaten in a row. Earlier this afternoon, Max Swatton from the Pompey Media team caught up with head coach Danny Cowley. Yeah, a tough game. You know, I've got a lot of respect for John Coleman um, and Atkinson Stanley. Year after year, they're able to punch above their weight. They recruit unbelievably well. Continue able to find young players in the lower leagues and then develop them and make them into top League One players. And uh, there's a lot to admire in the Accrington Stanley team and, and their organisation. And we anticipate a tough game. They come and they'll be direct, they'll be physical, they've got good mobility at the top end of the pitch, and they carry a real threat from set pieces as well. What do you think your team will need to do to get the victory on Saturday? Well, play our best. I think, you know, we take confidence going into the game. I think 13 out of 15 points, 10 goals at home in our last three games. So we're in a good moment. We've worked hard to get to this place and now it's up to us to keep finding a relentless consistency. It's another Saturday at Fratton Park. How much are you looking forward to the occasion? Always, it's always good to play at Fratton Park and we can feel the chemistry building between the players in the change room but also the players and the supporters and you know the last two games, the Fleetwood game when we found ourselves behind and coming back and then Tuesday night the atmosphere has been incredible and when the supporters are in that place and contributing as much as they do there's no better place to play your football. You said about the relationships between players, what's the mood in the dressing room like at the moment? I think it's been good. I think, um, you know, when you're on a good run and the wins are coming, then, then naturally everybody has a, has a bounce in their step. But also, you know, it, it takes time. We say this always that really you, they build relationships off the pitch. You know, we've got a few that have probably have known each other from previous, but you can definitely feel the group developing and evolving. Probably more change than we anticipated in January. And again, we've made some inroads in terms of the development of the group going into January. And then you have some change and you have to, to build again. But no, I think we're seeing good progress in that area. And it's no surprise to me, you know, when I look back at all my successful teams, togetherness and spirit and those human relationships are crucial. You know, when players are willing to put others before themselves and put the team before themselves and they're willing to go that extra yard for each other, then that can be really powerful. How's preparation been in the lead up to Saturday? I think it's been good. We've had a good session today. Done some on-field coaching and off-field coaching. We had them on two pathways on-field. So the boys that played were on one pathway, more of a recovery protocol. And the boys that didn't play had a good opportunity to do some intensities. And then we've done some off-field coaching, took some learning off the game on Tuesday night against Oxford this morning. And then after training, we turned our attention to Accrington Stanley, had a good look at them in possession and the threat that they can cause. And, and also had a look at, at some areas that maybe we can exploit. What's the squad looking like ahead of the game? Are there any fresh injury concerns? No, I think we're pleased that we've come through pretty clear on Tuesday, which was really important. Um, I think we only had 13 senior outfield players on Tuesday, so it's been a huge challenge for us. And we know we're the smallest group in the division, but when you are small in number, you, you become that much closer. And the great thing, like I said to the players, you can use the small group as an excuse, or you can see the small group as a real advantage. And the advantage is that the players know that they're all going to contribute. They know how valued they are within this club and um, that in itself is important and, and sometimes when when you have this moment of adversity and you feel like a lot's going against you it does bring people together and I think we saw on Tuesday night a team and a supporter base that are really fighting for each other. Danny Cowley there previewing tomorrow's visit of Accrington Stanley to Fratton Park. And in just a few moments' time, we'll gather the final thoughts and the score predictions of both Alex Fletcher and Sam Cox here on the Football Hour. We're also raiding the final thoughts from you guys back home, the Pompey fans listening in this evening. If you want to get involved, you can. Just over 15 minutes to do so. At Express FM is where to find us on Twitter. You can visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. You can email into Pompey at expressfm.com or you can text your name and message starting with the word express to 81400 so stay right where you are the three of us will be back with the conclusion of tonight's show here on express fm in just a few moments time this is the football hour 93.7 
Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Tonight I'm joined alongside Alex Fletcher and Sam Cox from the Portsmouth News, where we've uh, pretty much delved into Pompey's 3-2 win over Oxford United on Tuesday night. We'll come on to preview tomorrow's visit at Accrington Stanley in just a few moments' time. We'll hear from Conan Mosley, who's got a little bit more information on to John Coleman's side. We'll also hear from Claire Martin about the course that Pompey in the community are running starting next week. But before we do come on to any of that, guys, uh, we'll come on to you, uh, Sam, calling in from back home. Just a couple of stats, but we've managed to gather after Tuesday's victory. So from the last six games from Pompey, they've scored 16 goals, which is an average of 2.67 per game. Prior to that, 30 goals in 27 matches. That's an average of 1.11 per game. You don't need me to tell you, you don't need Alex to tell you, you don't need a rocket scientist to tell you, Sam, but that is a vast improvement of this Pompey side in the last few matches in terms of goal scoring. Completely turned a corner. 100%. And that was that was the main criticism from, from the entirety of the season, really, wasn't it? That, OK, they're, at times they were very defensively astute, but they weren't scoring enough goals. They weren't creating enough chances to... To, to score those goals. That was kind of the consensus. Although they, they had the players, they weren't really putting the ball on the plate enough for the for the strikers. And when they, the chances did come, they weren't putting them away. Since, obviously, now he's unfortunately injured again. Michael Jacobs' emergence. Uh, Ronan Curtis obviously grabbed the, the game by the scruff of the neck against Fleetwood before, unfortunately, he picked up a ban-inducing yellow card. And, and, and we've seen Marcus Harness and, and Joe Morrell starting to to turn the screw and find that creative capabilities that, that, that we all know they have. And I think it, all of a sudden it's all just come together. It's taken a little while, obviously taken a lot longer than, than, than expected, but there's also been the, the, the sort of key introduction of Aidan O'Brien. I think he's, his uh, appearances and, and, and his, um, Appearances in the side have really gone uh, above and beyond in trying to reinvigorate that that forward line. Everyone, including myself, thought that would have come from Tyler Walker. Obviously, that that loan deal hasn't quite come to fruition just yet. But the free agent sign or the free signing of of Aidan O'Brien has, has shaken it up, and he's sort of already built a really good combination up top with with George Hurst. Both of them uh, scoring in the past two games each, and 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 yeah, it's just come together like I've said, and. Now with the challenge is to, to keep it up, but you know once you get that confidence in the forward line, we've seen it with George Harris before the the COVID induced break that after he bagged a couple of goals, especially after he scored his first against Crystal Palace under twenty ones, he looked like a completely different striker, and I'm sure we'll now see the the George Harris that we we've, we've seen glimpses of, while Aidan O'Brien will hopefully continue to be uh, a busy and uh, an influential player up the front. Yeah. So those goals the last six games, as we mentioned, that's 35% of Pompey's league goals have come in the last six matches, which goes to emphasise the change in fortunes the Blues have had. Uh, now just eight points behind the playoffs with two games in hand on Sunderland as well, and uh, somewhat 13 matches of the season still to play. So plenty of time for Pompey still to go. Uh, let's move on to a couple of the other talking points then. Of course, uh, Rico Hackett, unfortunately, we found out in the week he missed Tuesday night's game against Oxford United. He's actually been ruled out for the season due to a knee ligament injury. So he will not feature any more for Pompey this season, which is an absolute shame, uh, Alex, because he, you know, he had a decent season as a, you know, as a squad player, not necessarily standing out as one of the you know, top performers of the season, but certainly when, when needed to be called upon, Rico Hackett was there to chip in with the odd goal or two, put in some very decent shifts as well, and certainly will be a valued member of his team wherever it ends up at the end of the season. Yeah, massively. I think you know he has come in for a little bit of criticism, and I do feel that's quite harsh because you know he's played in several different positions, and I don't think really any of those positions has ever been his natural sort of you know position on the pitch of where he wants to play, what sort of suits his abilities and things like that. You know he has chipped in with a few goals. I think he always works hard, and you always have to bear in mind that he hasn't played a lot within this team you know he's been out on loan since we've signed him and things like that this is the first full season where he's really come in he's played for us you know I think at all really barring perhaps some pre-season games so it's, it's been really important for him to sort of bed his way into the squad and uh, yeah I think it is a real shame but hopefully he'll come back stronger Yeah. some other news regarding the stadium redevelopment plans from this week Portsmouth Football Club have put out a statement regarding uh, the South Stand which is uh, due to commence uh, from next month the statement reads supporters will be aware that stadium works are currently taking place in the 
North Lower, with the next stage of the redevelopment due to commence in the South Stand from Monday the 4th of April. Those season ticket holders who sit in these areas of the ground will shortly be contacted directly to update them on these plans. There will be an additional seating in the central blocks of the North Lower for the next season, and fans with tickets in blocks A to C will also be contacted to gauge their interest in moving here next season. Meanwhile, the deadline has now passed for season ticket holders in blocks T to W of the South Lower, so they would like you to let them know uh, your preferred area to relocate for the final few fixtures of the season. And uh, Portsmouth Football Club would would like to once again apologise to any fans for any inconvenience for the ongoing stadium works and the inconvenience that they may cause. We thank you for your continued support and patience throughout the process. That is the end of a statement regarding the start of the redevelopment plans for the South Stand, which is due to commence on Monday the 4th of April. So, Atkinson Stanley, the visitors to Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. Here now with a closer look into John Coleman's side, it's Connor Mosley. Pompey are unbeaten now in five following Tuesday's win over Oxford. They come into this weekend's fixture just eight points behind the playoffs with two games in hand. They'll have to take to each game as they come now and up next at Fratton is Accrington Stanley. Who are they? Pompey Live, this week's opposition. A glimmer of hope has shone for the Blues after recent results. Danny Cowley will be hoping to extend his side's unbeaten run to six this weekend. Accrington are in town for match day number 34 of this League One campaign and this is the last of three back-to-back home games for Pompey with three gruelling away matches to come straight after. Let's have a wonder inside the mechanism that keeps this week's opposition ticking. Here's a closer look at Accrington Stanley. Manager. We could probably save some time and copy in the same clip of this segment from previous meetings with Accrington because their manager remains to be John Coleman. All that has changed is the Kirkby Bond gaffer is now 59 years old and has taken charge of a few more games for the Lancashire club. In fact, Stanley's last match against Wickham represented Coleman's 984th in the dugout for the club. Of those 984 games, which have spanned across two separate spells, 399 have ended in victory, so he is just one away from reaching an incredible 400. Since he first took over in May 1999, Accrington have won promotion as champions four times under Coleman, who's taken the club from the Northern Premier Division 1 all the way up to League 1. One to watch. Accrington's number 11, Sean McConville, is, as ever, our one to watch this weekend. The 32-year-old rejoined Aki in 2015 from Chester, having previously played at the Crown Ground between 2009 and 2011. McConville plays on the wing and has this season chipped him with 13 assists. That's more than any other in League One. While he's only netted on two occasions this campaign, he's certainly a player the Blues would be hoping to keep quiet. He's featured for 97% of the minutes Accrington have played in the league this season and has contributed towards 34% of their goals. Top scorer. Following the departure of talisman Dion Charles to Bolton Wanderers in January, Accrington have been forced to rely on someone else to stick the ball in the back of the net. That task has fallen to 25-year-old forward Colby Bishop, who has eight league goals to his name so far. Dion Charles had been at the club for the first half of this season, but only featured on six occasions and failed to score on any following a reported fallout with the club regarding a failed transfer move in the summer. Since he signed for Bolton, Charles has bagged six goals in 12 games, almost overtaking Aki's leading scorer in the space of just two months. If you're at the game this weekend or watching on iFollow, Colby Bishop will be the Stanley player donning the number nine shirt. Current form. Accrington are about as mid-table as it gets this season. They currently sit in 12th place with 46 points on the board after 34 games played. Stanley are 13 points off the playoff places and 15 clear of the relegation zone. Recently, they've been on an inconsistent run of form, having won three and lost three of their last six games, including victories over Oxford, Crewe and Wickham, with defeats to Rotherham, Cambridge and Doncaster too. The reverse of this fixture at the Wham Stadium back in October ended in a two-all draw. Ronan Curtis had given Pompey a 1-0 advantage in the first half, but Aki came back to lead 2-1 in the second, before Marcus Harness equalised with four minutes left on the clock. Can the Blues continue their hot run of form, or will their playoff hopes be dealt a blow at the hands of Accrington Stanley yet again? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live! 
A big thank you there to Connor Mosley. Now, before we go, I'd, li- I'd like to just give some time to Claire Martin from Pompey in the community to explain an exciting course that is being put on by the PITC over the coming weeks. And it all starts on Monday. Here's a little bit more information regarding what's on offer. It's a 12-week course, three days a week, 10 till 12. And it's basically for people who are unemployed, looking to get back into the workplace. It's all about cooking and catering and that industry. So there's all sorts of opportunities every day to learn some new skills. Most days, the group make their own lunch. All the ingredients are provided and it's completely free. Um, It's on a Monday and a Thursday and a Friday each week. Um, There's also the chance to get some support with writing a CV, um, some basic skills if you'd like it. Um, and lots of other benefits that go along. We always bring the group to a match and all sorts of things. So it's a really exciting opportunity. There's a couple of spaces left. And as I say, it doesn't matter. We can cater for special needs as well. It's accessible. So there's all sorts of opportunities that, that have come from it for, for lots of participants that have taken part so far. So there's a new course, as I say, Monday the 8th of March. Um, if you don't get in at that date, just give us a call or contact us or pop into Pompey in the community and we can always start you a little bit later. That's not a problem at all. This is all at Pompey in the community. We've got a kitchen classroom in the back of our facility on Anson Road. So the same side of the stadium as the main gravel car park. So those cooking courses begin on Monday. That's the 8th of March at Pompey in the community, which, as Claire mentioned, is located on Anson Road behind the North Stands car park. If you'd like to sign up, you can either email info at pompeyitc.org.uk or you can call 02392 728899. Of course, it's completely free and all of the ingredients are also Provided. Okay, yeah, let's get a couple of uh, text weeks and emails in before we do go. Then uh, mockers on Twitter. The two new players have really impressed the Pompey fans recently. Uh, Aidan O'Brien and Hayden Carter both fitted into the squad like a glove. They get the club and the fans the sort of players we need here next season. Play up Pompey. And Stefan Mazlitsky want to again hold up O'Brien as a star of Tuesday. Uh, even though it's the first game in which he didn't score, he ran his socks off. And uh, what was with Hurst holding his run to keep on side? Uh, not too sure there, Stefan. Fan, not too sure. We'll talk about that tomorrow, definitely on Pompey Live. Okay, time very much running out here on the Football Hour this evening. Uh, very quick score prediction, Alex Fletcher. Well, I'm just going to go for a 3 0 Pompey win. I'll be ambitious. And a very quick score prediction, Sam Cox. I'm going 2 0. 2 0. Lads, thank you very much. Join us here on Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. It's four wins in five for Pompey. And Bradigan takes a swipe at the ball for the full-time whistle has gone. And Portsmouth have beaten Oxford by three goals to two. Next up for the Blues, a third home game in a row against Accrington Stanley. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from two. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. And I didn't even have time to read out my score prediction. I'm going to go for a 3-2 Pompey win yet again. Thank you, uh, Alex Fletcher, for joining me in the studio this evening. It's been a pleasure to have you on to the show, my friend. Thank you so much, Jake. Thanks for having me on again. And also, big thank you to Sam Cox from the Portsmouth News. We'll hear from you again, I'm sure, right about this time next month. Yeah, sounds good to me. Thanks for having me on, mate. Thank you once again to both Alex and Sam for calling in tonight. Thank you to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM. OK, Pompey at home to Accrington Stanley tomorrow afternoon. Kickoff is 3pm at Fratton Park. You can catch us here on Express FM for Pompey Live. Myself and Robbie James joined by a special guest from 2pm to deliver all of the action as Pompey look to make it six games unbeaten. Okay, coming up here on Express FM this evening, right after the news at 7 o'clock, Connor Mosley is back with Express floor fillers to see through until 11 o'clock and then until the early hours of Saturday morning non-stop floor filler hits. Tomorrow morning from 8 o'clock, Ian McGuinness is back with Saturday breakfast. Lily Park is returning with uh, your guilty pleasures, a tiny quiz about the week's news and of course, just great songs all afternoon long from 11 through till 2 which is where myself and Robbie are back for the visit of Accrington Stand to Fratton Park. Thank you for listening, Pompey fans. Have a great weekend. Take care and stay safe. Have a good one. Good night.